You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. We're live, pal. Hey, we're live, pal. And I am very excited to... Casey, before we start introductions, do you know what that reference is from? Uh, I think it's from some fake wrestling stuff. Some fake wrestling stuff, but... I am excited to have to, to introduce our guest because I've been saying we're live, pal, since the day I started, took over the A-Side live chat. I remember I was saying we're live, pal, during the MMA hour days. Alex, I assume you don't know what that reference is from, correct? So no, I am sir. excited to have someone that knows that reference. I When I took over the A-Side live chat, we were going to have multiple... Uh, journalists. I made a list of journal- journalists in general that I would like to have on at some point. I've gone through most of them. There's still a few left, but I'm excited to knock off another one today. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp, of the Fightful Editor, is joining us for a special Friday edition of the A-Side. Uh, I am very ecstatic to have him on. So, Sean, I am excited to have another one. A, a fellow wrestling fan that knows that reference. Should we smarten them up? Should we tell them? Or I, should they have to figure it out on their own? I think... The honor is yours, sir, because I'm sure a lot of people that are tuning into this follow your work on the professional wrestling journalist scene. So sure. uh, you can uh, you can enlighten the audiences. Sure. Obviously, I'm a little deeper into pro wrestling coverage, but it's it's one of those things that you really have to see to understand. And you got to have the context of knowing who Psycho Sid is. He is a guy who literally blamed missing a booking in Cleveland on the Donald Trump travel ban. He acted like he couldn't fly two states away because of that. (laughs) He is known for quitting wrestling like every summer so he could go play softball. But he he tried to, he was doing an interview with Jim Ross on TV. It was a promo, it wasn't even an interview. It was a promo and he messed it up and he's like, oh, let's do that over. And Jim Ross goes, "Uh, we're live, pal. (laughs) And this this, this is also be- the guy that said I, I'm twice the man that you are with half the brains that you have, and he he obviously mixed that up a little bit. Or sure. did he? Or did uh, he? I like to give him the benefit of the doubt. But for those of you wondering, like, why would he not know we're live? This was that was the early days of one Raw. WWE went from taped to quote raw footage. Uh, live footage. So uh, what he thought was a taped promo was live on the air. So he was <laughs> reciting lines, messed up, and asked to restart out of character. So for all of you who are wondering why I keep saying we're live, pal, at the beginning, <laughs> there you go. But of course, uh, joining us this week is my no- more normal uh, co-host, Alex Savis, and the producer, Casey Lydon. How are you guys on this special Friday? <laughs> Can't complain. They're trimming palm trees outside my window, which is something I never thought I would Ooh. say. So, all's I'm good. A little, a little jealous about that. A little <laughs> jealous about that. Hey, I used to live in Chicago, so I'm a Midwesterner at heart. Fair. City of Just Soup. Moved out to City, City of, of soup. soup. There you go. Anyway, <laughs> we'll explain that Casey, reference one day. <laughs> Casey, what's what's life like in your part of the world? Ah, uh, stupid. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Typical. I'm here. I'm here. Anyway. I'm here. I'm here. Anyway, got a clean I'm shirt sure on, wa- pants. I'm good. There you go. I'm sure you guys are wondering why we're doing a Friday edition. Normally, I'm usually in Las Vegas for the fight cards, but I didn't go this week. Hopefully, I can go next week. So we decided to make it up to you guys and do a special Friday edition. Sean was, what, like less than 24 hours notice. I was like, I was scrambling to find a guest. I was like, you know what? I, Sean is a professional. He's done a million interviews. Maybe he'll want to do it. And lo and behold... Not only did he want to do it, I gave him a very broad window of whenever the weigh-ins were over. And he goes, I'll be ready whenever. So a true professional and the professional wrestling world is still batting a thousand on showing up on time. We've had gentlemen Jack Gallagher and Biggie Langston and uh, Brody okay. Lee 
uh, of AEW fame all show up on time. So professional wrestling world still batting a thousand. Well, uh, I, I just want to say uh, I'm, I'm way better. I'm more charismatic than Big yeah. E. I'm a better wrestler in the ring. I know more about MMA. So you're definitely getting a step up here. Well, Jack Gallagher has also had a, a lot of MMA actual experience. Well, well so you know what? Have- I placed third in a regional submission wrestling tournament. So uh, sorry, Jack. I don't. I don't care about your wrestling? amateur MMA fights. <laughs> Is this catch? Was it catch wrestling? Yeah, it was. Oh, Casey. Well, I'm sure Casey's gonna want to talk about that at some point. Uh, he is. That is his bread and butter right there. I was, I was, my trainers are. Uh, my trainers are Billy Robinson proteges. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, tra- I trained with uh, a uh, Eric Paulson. Uh, nice. Nice. Well, I'm sure I, I, I did don't, geek don't, out this don't. week on WWE TV when Timothy Thatcher. I just saw that today. To I, saw that. I was so excited. Right? <laughs> right when he called it a double wrist lock. Yeah, double, I, was, I was about to say double wrist lock too. Because <laughs> the one time I got to go train with Billy Robinson, he's like, you only call it a Kimura if Kimura is doing it. And I was like, all right, cool. That's hilarious. <laughs> I just, well, anyway. And I've seen, I've seen Timothy Thatcher wrestle probably, I don't know, at least I feel like a dozen times for PWG, but I've never actually heard his voice. It was, it was kind of threw me off. Cause he's yeah. kind of, oh, I, yeah. that, I think that's voice. the first time I've ever heard his voice and I've been covering his work for, for years. Yeah. I, I realized I've never, other than him just yelling, I've never actually heard him talk. So that's just, I was like, Whoa. All right. Moral <laughs> of the story is Alex, you're going to have to come to Bola. Now that you live in Los Angeles, yeah. you're going to have to come at least one day. You're going to have to come. All of the MMA fighting crew goes that lives on the West Coast. Even some of the old MMA crew goes. And it's one night, and you can roll your eyes the entire time. We should experience that at least three once. Three nights. I don't even I, know what nice. it is. It is. I promise, even even if you think pro wrestling is ridiculous, you're probably going to enjoy at least one night of Well, Bola. everything that whenever, whenever you go to anything live, it's right. way more fun, right? You can't yeah. have a good time. This is on another level. Like, even if you hate live professional wrestling, Bola is basically like you're going to a punk show that's wrestling because the fans are so involved in everything. It is a it is a true blast. But Sean, anyway. Sean, you, you never got to go to Reseda? Never. Oh, my brother yeah. lived there. My brother lived there, and I was always going to use that as an excuse to go visit him. Like, oh, you know, I just happened to be in town like the last week of August. Uh, I'm going to go see my brother and go to Bola, but it never happened. Yeah, I was. It's. Uh, I'm. I'm still a little heartbroken. Like that place was such a shithole. But God, I love it. <laughs> oh. The only place in the world I've ever passed out from dehydration was the Reseda venue because it was so hot and there was so little like access to water or you'd lose your seat that I was like, I'm just going to pass out rather than go get water right now. So I did. And I woke up in time for some weird wrestling. But anyway, we're going to talk about wrestling for hours at this point. Alex is probably like, let's get to this. Yeah, I got to head out. (laughs) But this is, of course, the A-Side Live Chat. The UFC on ESPN 11 weigh-ins just wrapped up. I'm sure we have a lot to talk about. I'm sure Sean is excited to get a little break from talking wrestling. Talk some fist fighting inside of an octagon so the you know the drill you can ask the question in the youtube comments casey's monitoring them you can go on twitter or the site you can ask whatever you want about our wrestling mma non-wrestling mma stuff and we'll talk about it so casey without further ado first question do we just become best friends sean and casey yeah probably very much so i mean i'm, I'm not as deep into catch wrestling as i should be but that is is my foundation of training and uh, that's how i learned pro wrestling like before i did pro wrestling matches i was trained in catches catch can wrestling because my trainers were like you need to learn how to work without ropes without turnbuckles without anything in case you don't have them one day and catch wrestling was the the foundation of that i think it's i think it's great yes josh barnett would be proud 
All right, all right. Let me find some questions. Let me find some questions. Oh, we got we got. It's got a shout out to Crystal Crew, Jessica. Long time commenter. I will tell you a tale about Brian Kelleher and crystals later on, Sean. It'll it'll warm okay. your day. It will warm your day. Our listeners know that story too well, so I'll save it for the end. Actually, before we start, um, can we? Is there any um update? Uh, um, anything that they that our fans viewers need to know about the weigh-ins that happened today? Anything special that happened? Uh, I believe Frank Camacho was the only one that missed weight. He weighed in right at the end. Uh, he had missed weight before, and our own AK Lee had was monitoring that situation. Uh, Courtney Casey came in under, like I think she was like one twenty three and a half. I'm, I'm going to start with Alex on this one. Uh, she came in under, but needed the hoop and had her hands in the air, unlike Jessica I last week. But then there was some people were like on and on Twitter were like, did she? like balance on one foot or did she kind of take pressure off to kind of uh, trick the scale? Cause who really needs a hoop? If you know, you're going to come in like one twenty three and a half or one twenty four and a half. and a half. So Alex, I'll start with you. Uh, what'd you make of Courtney Casey coming in uh, under, but also needing the hoop? It's iffy. I mean, why even grab the hoop in the first place? If, I mean, she could have weighed in without it. And if she was close, then we grabbed the hoop. So obviously there was some sort of discrepancy there, but I kind of feel like I want to take an afternoon, get a hoop, get a scale, and figure out all these tricks. Like the elbow, if you stand on one foot, that's not helping. You know, the gravitational pull is still the same. Sure. You're still going to weigh the same on one foot. So I, I got to figure this out. I want to try to lean in every which way. But I feel like people know something that the rest of us don't know. Something, something if you hear. But and and I hope somebody had a better angle maybe of the weigh-in show than I was watching. It sounds like a good video project for the LA crew to figure out uh, weigh-in trickery. Because also Bosner's MMA edition. I'm I'm down for that. There you go. There's is Bellator is Bellator coming back to from Phil Acoustic Chaos. I heard the, in the summer. I have not heard an official date. Uh, I know they still want their featherweight Grand Prix show. So, Sean, I'll start with you. Uh, obviously, none of us know an exact date when Bellator is coming back. But are you looking forward to the return of Bellator to have some non UFC fights to talk about? I am, although it will be weird to see them not on immediately after cops because I felt like I was just <laughs> as likely to see an MMA prospect on cops as I was the prelims of a Bellator show. Um, I mean, it's, it's Bellator. They're going to, they're going to run a bunch of shows. They're going to find a pit bull brother to main event every single one of them. And I'll watch them. I, I don't know if I'm excited, so to speak. I thought that when they really stepped up their roster and signed a lot of people, we would have more significant cards and we wouldn't have some of these really thin shows that they had that ran i found myself i couldn't skip them but i would have skipped like 40 percent of their shows ahead of all this and they have the talent roster to make it happen uh but if it's business as usual i probably won't be as excited but I, i'm excited to see any live combat sports or any live sports at this point so i'll be there watching i am real i am very excited to for them to continue their featherweight Grand Prix. Uh, I was super excited. I, I like the, 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 what did you call it? The, the, the presentation of like the, the drawing, the, the game, seating the game show. Thing. That <laughs> I thought that was amazing. Yes. That is one of the best things Bellator has ever done. Uh, I really, our own Guillerme. And then, at, uh, before Pizzi, uh, moved on to, uh, other things, put together this piece where Pedro Carvalho interviewed Patricio Pitbull because, of course, Pedro Cavallo is Portuguese but trains at SBG and the, and Patricio Pitbull is Brazilian. So they interviewed each other. And the trash talk on display was 
truly incredible. It was basically like uh, like Pedro Carvalho was like, uh, first question, Patricio, uh, why do you think you're going to beat me? And who even, like, why 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 did those thoughts go through your head? And Patricio Pitbull also goes, uh, counterpoint, uh, who even are you? Like, that's the kind of trash talking that was on display. Uh, so I am beyond excited. I think the, the break benefited um, – What's his name? Uh, AJ McKee, who had the knee injury and almost had to pull out. Uh, I think that the pause in action will give him benefit because I'm very excited to see him fight Darren Caldwell, who has a little bad blood between them. Uh, Alex, what are your thoughts on Bellator coming back? I know Chris Cyborg wants to fight again. Uh, I think we talked a lot about the featherweight division last week, a women's featherweight division. We all agree that the, the Bellator has the biggest one. So uh, how excited are you for Bellator to pick up? Yeah, I mean, even speaking just like on the Grand Prix, um, I mean, we all have fans that are trying to get or fr friends that are trying to become, you know, MMA fans. And sometimes it can be really hard to follow. And I almost think that like pointing people in the direction of like a Bellator Grand Prix to watch is easier because it's way easier to follow who's fighting who, what are the matchups? Logically, why are these people fighting each other? Have you ever tried to explain to your friends like, how UFC matchups occur, it, it, you can't, it can't be done. So I think, you know, um, be done. <laughs> Bellator, I think Bellator should capitalize on that, you know, corner of the market, maybe of sort of like more casual um, fans. I know people are really, uh, I personally want to see Cyborg fight Kazingano so badly. Uh, whether that happens right out of the gate is one thing. I know the UFC is probably missing Kazagano right now, but uh, yeah, I'm excited for a lot of. Uh, I know Scott Coker is a big proponent for women's MMA, so I'm excited is, to. Is the rumors? See if he has. Is Bellator planning to have their events in California? That's. That is an excellent question. I don't honestly know. Yeah, because I I know CSAC has been talking about you know eventually they will have to start going again, and yeah. I, I'm actually the, I'm most interested in Bellator coming back because I want to see what their version of the no audience mm. show would look like. You know, now, yeah, because it's not like they have an Apex. Yeah, so, so I'm assuming since they're you know associated with Paramount, there's all these sound stages all over L.A. that, boom, there you just have it on a sound stage, mm. you have the lights set up, and this is a chance for Bellator to uh, actually kind of, kind of reinvent their live show because I don't think we're going to have live audiences for a while, I think I, I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna say I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be optimistic and say another year. You know, so they're gonna I'm have sure. roughly the same paid attendant attendance as usual. <laughs> Ooh, Aaron. <laughs> uh, I'm. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. But yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm curious. This affects their plans with the European series. Uh, I know the Bellator was issue, holding yeah. a lot of cards in Dublin and London and Manchester. Like they, they were supposed to have that Dublin, that London card with like they they really on the the James Gallagher train, the Michael Venom Page train. There's a the Pedro Carvalho train trains at SBG Ireland. So if there's a travel ban still for a while, there's going to be a lot of European fighters in Bellator that aren't going to be able to fight soon. So will they have? And of course, Cage Warriors has that partnership uh, or like handshake partnership with the UFC. What's going to happen if the, the Bellator is sitting on all these European fighters that can't get to America? Thank you for the question, Phil, by the way. I have not thought about Bellator in a while. I've been on the UFC Same. train. So. Yeah. Okay, next question. Oh, I lost the question. Where'd it go? Boom. This is a simple one. Ollie, Emmett versus Burgos predictions. Alex, I'll start with you again. Uh, outside of the main event, I think this is the fight I am most looking forward to, uh, especially on the main card. This fight absolutely 
Someone's going to sleep in this one, I think, but I've said that a million times, and I've been wrong <laughs> almost every single time. So, Alex, what are your thoughts on Emmett versus Burgos? Is Emmett the one who claims that he's he's like kind of a he's always going for the finish? Is that he was the one who said yeah, that? Right, he's the one that That's said that whether it's the first punch or the last punch, he can knock you out. Yeah, no, but he specifically said it yesterday during media day, and sometimes yeah. we're, we're doing so much that I forget who says what. Um, yeah, I think um, I'm going to go with Burgos then because I don't I don't appreciate that kind of uh, candor. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, Sean, thoughts on Emmett Burgos? I'm rocking with Burgos. I mean, Qatar has had some trouble against top, top-level talent like Moicano and Zabit in the past. I don't know if Burgos is there, but that those are the, the two that have presented Qatar with the most problems. But then again, uh, y- you look at you look at where they were or, or sorry, uh, Emmett rather, um, got a little mixed up there. Uh, I, I look at Burgos and I'm like, man, I, I think he's emerging and he's, he's going to break through in this division. And this is a really good litmus test for him, especially with Emmett coming off the, the Mearside Bactic win that looked so good mm-hmm. and the Michael Johnson win that looked so good. And this is a guy that I didn't necessarily see this, this type of performance out of in his early UFC fights. I remember when he came in a few years ago, he wasn't having the most exciting fights and, and he's really stepped up in that regard over the past year or so. But I think Burgos is going to overwhelm him. Casey, your thoughts. Um, I think it's going to be a very, I think it'd be a very competitive fight, but I just think Burgos is an overall, a better mixed martial arts fighter. Obviously the Emmett's got that, you know, knock you out the first punch of the fight, knock you out the last punch of the fight. You know, he's got that threat, but um, I just, if they fight ten times, you know, I say Burgos wins seven. So obviously Emmett's got a chance, but um, going with Burgos. Do you guys remember that fight against Michael Johnson? The Emmett fight. Yeah, there's about one highlight in that entire. Well, yeah, fight. He, um, Emmett was, Emmett, was Emmett, the Emmett lost the first two rounds, right? And he was he lost like the first two and a half rounds two before rounds. he like, wasn't wasn't do, wasn't wasn't dominated, but it just clearly looked like. Uh, was, Johnson was the it was better two fighter. 10-9. It was just two ten nines. Yeah. Michael Johnson was a step ahead, and Emmett like put like turned his lights out, hit the off button. Like Michael Johnson did the uh, Michael Bisping like arms stiff at his side, toes curled up in the air. Uh, he uh, Emmett also did the same thing to um, Ricardo Lamas. Was that on? We, I can't remember what we, fight. We, we, that Michael was Johnson did a Michael Johnson fight. You know, looked yeah. looked like a world beater, an A level fighter until. He wasn't, and he lost. He, lo- he lost. That's just a very classic Michael Johnson fight. And then the Jeremy Stevens fight with Josh Emmett. That's I think there was a headbutt or something in there. So uh, Emmett like broke his face, and then he took a year off to recover. Next week, Ma- Mara Romero Barella welcomes Miranda Maverick to the UFC. For those that don't know who Miranda is, what kind of fighter is she? Casey, anything you want to tell us about either of these fighters? Um, I don't. Um. Uh, Mauro Romero Barella. It's a lot of syllables. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, we, we've seen her find the UFC. Uh, but Miranda Maverick is a very high-level prospect, and I'm super excited the UFC signed her. And um, I think this is a great matchup. Um, it's it's uh, yeah, just a good matchup. The short notice thing is kind of scary, so because Miranda does have issues making 25 with a full camp. So I'm hoping this is this was just announced late rather than um, truly. Yeah. Oh, you know, sometimes we hear fights a couple weeks after they actually they're actually signed for. But um, I'm very excited for Miranda Maverick. She's super good. Um, but uh, I'm more interested in why the UFC has will never sign Vanessa Porto, but the actual Invicta yeah. flyweight champ. 
That, that's another You're subject, but uh, we're talking about Miranda right now. Uh, just very yeah. excited about Miranda Babbitt. Just um, I think she's like sub twenty. I think she's like twenty two or 20. she's super young. Yeah, super young. Um, I think she's for like, those of you who yeah. don't remember, like Alex, when we were in Houston, I think was it the, when we were in Houston, Casey, we were watching an Invicta card. Uh, when we were working, yeah, I and like it was just put on the TV. Uh, Miranda is the fighter that beat Pearl in the in the main event. So uh, she's obviously as being uh, world class fighters. Uh, her opponent, though, uh, I think just lost on one of the Jacksonville cards, and it wasn't close at all. Uh, was that the that was the Courtney Casey tapped her right? Yeah, uh, okay. Barella. Yeah, she has a, a lot of people know her from her actions outside of the octagon. I think she almost had like she's like a 27 year ban or something crazy like that, and overseas for like something to do with cocaine and a whole lot of drugs. I don't know the exact details or laws from overseas. So uh, if you Google her name, I bet all of the top stories are like MMA fighter busted with an absurd amount of drugs, banned for life from competing in her home country. So. Uh, I think I this she was going to be a lot better than she ended up being too. When she came in and she beat Kalindra Faria like really quick, yeah, I was yeah. like, "All right, that was that was pretty impressive." And eventually, you're going to run into Caitlin Chikagian in that division. She fights like everybody, but mm-hmm. she, unfortunately for her, she ran into her way too early, and I don't know that she ever really recovered. Because if she loses next week, that might be it for her. That'd be like I think Definitely. four in a row. Four in a row. It'll be four in a row, and she'll drop to twelve and nine with two no contest. And her la- her all of but her four losses are. Kalen Chukagian, Lauren Murphy, Montana De La Rosa, and Courtney Casey. She's losing to good fighters, but you can't lose four in a row uh, and stick around in the UFC. Yeah, and you, you look at Miranda Mavericks last year, if you include, I think it was Phoenix Series, she's won like five fights in the last year, and Morella's mm-hmm. lost, I think, three? That's that's uh, definitely a different trajectory and momentum. Yeah. They're going Dating back one. about a year ago, uh, Barella's one in three. Uh, she's lost to the to, to Casey De La Rosa and Murphy, and then being uh, Talia Santos. Courtney Casey was by submission, by the way, and Lauren Murphy was uh, TKO elbows and knees. So she's getting finished too. But, um, yeah, just uh, great, to me, uh, great matchmaking and great signing um, by the UFC on this one. So very exciting. Next question. Uh, how old? I'm trying to find out how old Miranda Maverick is. Twenty-two. 22 my goodness yeah yeah <laughs> my goodness uh <laughs> someone's asking if esther gets heartburn why <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't understand that there's some there's like some su- weird subplots going on in the youtube chat right now I don't i don't hey, i man. can't quite catch up on uh here we go What's going on with Zabit Yair? Is that officially from Daniel O'Farrell? So the reports are for I can't even count how many times these two have been linked together. Yair Rodriguez and Zabit Magomed Sharapov are supposed to fight. I think they were originally going to fight on that Dallas card. That was I can't remember the exact. Was it 228? That was Woodley Till, and then Yair fell out, and then Zabit ended up uh, getting that Sovlov stretch on his replacement. They were linked together a few more times and never worked out. I think this is the fight I've been most asking for outside of uh, Ortega, Korean Zombie, but we don't have to get into that again. Um, <laughs> last I heard, it's not official, but it was offered. So, uh, Sean, I'll start with you. Uh, thoughts on a possible matchup between Zabit Magomed Shirpov and Yair Rodriguez? Well, I love it. I think that Zabit would win, but I, I do love it. I, personally, I would rather Zabit be competing for the featherweight title just because I'm not keen on 
I'm not keen on title shots off of losses. As good as Max Holloway was as champion, I, I don't want to say that I didn't think the fight was close, but I thought he decisively got beaten in his in his first fight. And I thought that Volkanovski against the beat would have been a fight with a little bit more merit. And that, I don't know why I assume that UFC would care about that type of thing. <laughs> I mean... When I have to reference UFC, like WWE does that all the time where somebody will lose two or three straight matches and get a title shot. I can no longer say, well, in real fighting, you have to win to get title shots. That's not a thing that I can say anymore because it's not true. So I, I'm excited for the fight. I would rather have Zabit in, in that spot, and I wouldn't mind Max Holloway fighting Yaya Rodriguez. Like that, that I wouldn't have minded swapping those. You would have given Zabit the tile shot over like a Korean zombie? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not going to complain about any fight that Korean zombie's in ever sure. at this point. And I can't doubt him anymore because I did coming off of his extended layoff. And even after that comeback, I was like, okay, well, maybe there was an element of good fortune in that. I can't I, – I can no longer project or predict what Korean zombie is going to do. Alex, your thoughts on uh, Yair and Zabit, and do you agree with Sean that you would like Zabit deserves a title shot rather than Max Holloway? Um, not yet, but I don't think he's far away. But I do agree with Sean that Zabit gets this done very easily. Um, Whoa, I mean, he's just, easily. Yeah, wow. the guy's a freaking savage. Like honestly, I Whoa. oh easily first round submission, put it in the books. Crazy I like talk. It. Crazy I like talk. It. I don't think that's crazy talk. I don't think it's crazy. No. Yeah, Zabit just finishing that year in the first first round. Easy submission. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see, Casey. <laughs> well, I'm looking at the rankings, right? I'm looking at the rankings right now. Volkanovski's <laughs> obviously champion. And then the top five in order is Max Holloway, Brian Ortega, Zabit, Korean Zombie, and Yair. Uh, selfishly, I don't want Korean Zombie or Brian Ortega to fight anyone else but each other. <laughs> Uh, which means Holloway's fighting Volkanovski, so Zabit and Yair makes sense. Uh, they're both super tall, lanky, long fighters with very exciting styles. They've called each other out a million times, so yeah, if you're looking at the rankings, Zabit would be next up because Max has already lost to Volkanovski. Brian Ortega was booked up, so Sean's not wrong. Zabit would be next do, man up. Do not give but any. Do not use these rankings. These rankings aren't real. I know yes. I was about to say, Casey, but the rule in MMA is you can't use your you can't use logic. Yeah. Don't well, use your brain. And Jose's not really well, going off the rankings. Yeah, going, Alex Savage uses that rule all the time with, with her right. crazy. Jose's prediction. going off the fact that he doesn't want Ortega to fight anyone yeah. else, so that's what he's going off of. He's I know I don't want people like, out of the running. <laughs> for those of you, Sean, I'm not. I'm sure you you're not aware, but I've been asking for for Brian Ortega and Korean Zombie since about 2015. I would love that. I found out that Korean Zombie and Brian Ortega, the first fight, fell out when people started tweeting me, are you okay? And I was like, why? What happened? <laughs> and then I like looked square and I was like, oh, you guys are just all looking out for my well-being. So yeah, yeah. selfishly, Ortega, Korean Zombie, needs to inject that into my body. But let's not forget Dan Ige and Calvin Cater have a big featherweight main event coming up on Fight Island. That is a real random fight that I didn't know I wanted until they announced it. Uh, so, And then Frank Edgar's out of the rankings. Uh, Jeremy Stevens coming off a couple losses, so Burgos and Emmett have a big fight. That that would be eight versus ten, and then where's Arnold Allen? And of course, Casey, we can't talk about the featherweight division without talking about Ryan Hall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I still selfishly want Ryan Hall versus Jeremy Stevens so badly just for the clash of personalities. No. No, I don't I want Ryan Hall against anybody, but yeah. he appears like as often as Bigfoot. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so funny. But uh and then when uh Bryce Mitchell is apparently not he'll be in the rank. He has to be in the rankings soon. So a lot of big featherweight fights coming outside of Bantamweight. My God, featherweight but, is but that, so exciting. That's why I hate this I hate this um title fight right now because it just once Cater Ige happens, then there's gonna be another person where they should get a title shot. And so I think after the winner of Cater Ige, Zabit, Yair, and Korean Zombie all have all have legitimate uh, yeah. uh, legitimate uh, choices for the next title shot, and um, I, uh, I just uh, I'm just so mad that we're having Holloway um, Volkanovski because we already saw it and yeah. um, and we're gonna see it again. I agree. Like we, we just don't need to see it now. Like this is this is a chance so, for the UFC right, to make build build a bigger star. Like like Volkanovski won't become a bigger star if he beats Holloway again. To me, and Holloway well, is effectively removed from the title picture if he loses. Like I just don't. Get I, it. I hate that. I don't. I don't. It's so I don't, weird. I don't get it. I don't get it. Oh, sorry. I'll, uh, it's like it's like Joanna. She loses two in a row to Rose, and then she's not going to fight it for another title uh, for a while. But now that Rose is no longer the champion, we got that epic fight, which to me is the second greatest title fight I've ever seen in my entire life between Wiley and Joanna. Um, so yeah, interesting things from Phil Acoustic Chaos again. Has Jessica commented on Calvillo's claim that she missed weight by so much? I don't think she's made. I don't think she's made an official comment. Not that I've seen. I don't think it, it was based off of Cavillo's comments. I think it was just oopsie or no, she was proud of it. Right. Yeah. She yeah, was proud of it. Yeah. Then why didn't you go pee? I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just passing along knowledge. Don't, don't get mad at me. <laughs> yeah. I don't think she's, she's like, she's taken like subtle shades. Like she's tweeted a photo of like a bit of, it says shitty attitude with a big X through it, but like she's not post. She's not posted like any official comment outside of like I'm beyond thankful for fighting on a main event. This and that. So no official word yet. I want to see those receipts because Kavil says she's got texts and I need to see them. So do you all think that Jessica should move back up to 135 permanently because that did not work out well for her the last time and she was understandably frustrated about the lack of a 125 division, mm-hmm. but it's like she can't. She hasn't been making the weight. And she has not succeeded at 135, so it's a pretty rough situation for her, admittedly. Alex, I'll ask you that. We've talked about this on Between the Links. Should we? Should the UFC force Jessica to move up to 135? At this point, yeah, probably. Um, I don't think Chris. I don't think she's going to do it willingly. I remember somebody asked her if she ever planned on returning to bantamweight, and she said no because it just felt like she was wearing a 10-pound, you know, vest on her. She just felt slow and heavy. But if if you're not going to prove yourself at 125, then you're, you're going to kind of have to live with it. Was she so. wearing that? Was she wearing that bulletproof vest? <laughs> didn't help. Didn't cover her head. Wow. Do you think That's she kept what... that? Do you think she still has that, like hanging I in her so. closet? <laughs> I really hope so. Because also, let's not forget when she fought Valentina, she came, she waited till like 10:58 to weigh in. She waited to the last possible second and barely needed the towel to make championship weights. But she made championship weights, so she can do it. Uh, she did it before and went leading up to that fight. So maybe give her one more shot if she doesn't to prove that she can make the weight. And if she doesn't, then make her move up. Yeah, I I I would like her to go to 35, and I just think, I mean. Not, not, not even talking to her, not even talking to her as a quality as a fighter, but 
she draws she's she draws attention, you know. So we're talking about her, you know. The fans love talking. The fans know they love to hate her, you know. So I think, um, like, I think I don't. I think she's fun to have around. I think she's fun at thirty five and it's just different match. I think who 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 would you match her up at, at thirty five right now? Like what's it at one thirty five? Let me look. Let me pull up the roster. I can't think of someone right now for some reason, but like I feel like there's some UFC rankings. Who? Talk amongst yourself, people. You know, it would be interesting, <laughs> Jessica I versus Nico Montano, because they both got flamed for missing weight. I mean, yeah. I feel like Nico just like went off the grid after that. Nico has a, is fighting Julia Vila. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, she's back. Freaking so, rules. So maybe the winner, uh, maybe the winner of that face, um, Jessica I at 35. That sounds, you know. I, I think. You, I think UFC would probably put her in one of those somebody has to oh, win fights no. that they like to do. Where <laughs> the answer. Put, the answer is to jar Eubanks because they there have heat. Oh, yeah. I felt like there was some – I knew there was some good matchup at 35. I just couldn't think of it. Yeah, Eubanks. Eubanks sounds it, right. So jar is sitting at 14, and they have some heat and bad blood back and forth. So that there's your fight right there. All right. Because uh, Jessica I has what we like to call X-Pac heat. Yeah. Professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not like Colby Covington people hate because he's a character and that's they hate his gimmick. They just do not like <laughs> Jessica I. It is I think it's a completely different style of uh dislike. Yeah. Uh from Daniel O'Farrell in the YouTube comments, you guys giving Dan Hooker much of a chance against Dustin Poirier this week? Yes. Like I don't know if I'm picking him to win, but I'm not overlooking Dan Hooker at all in the year 2020. Sean, I'll start with you thoughts on Dan Hooker or doesn't Poirier be Dan Hooker? Poirier gets top billing; he is higher ranked and fought for the, and former interim champ. Yeah, I mean, you look at the track record of the people that that Dan Hooker is, has beaten, and he's he's beaten a lot of people with significantly different skill sets. He's beaten really well-rounded people. He's beaten excellent strikers. He's also fallen to some excellent strikers as well, and he's run into some trouble with that. And people that, that pressure him really heavily, Edson Barboza, Jason Knight, uh, I think Yair, I think he lost to Yair as well. If Dustin Poirier pressures him, I think that Dustin Poirier probably wins this fight, but I don't put it past Dan Hooker to, to throw one shot and, and knock him out. I mean, it's, it, we, we've seen that possibility with some really tough guys like Jim Miller and Ross Pearson even. like He can finish really, really tough guys. Alex, thoughts on Poir, uh, Poirier v. Hooker? Five well, rounds. I'd like to, to point out Justin Gaethje's tweet when we uh, posted an interview oh, that yeah. Damon did with Dan Hooker because he was confident he could finish Poirier because he didn't think that he had the chin that Paul Felder did. Um, and Gaethje says that this dude's getting murked. So I, <laughs> I don't know. I got to refer to the experts here. <laughs> you know, you know, maybe Hooker doesn't stand as, as, as big of a chance as he thinks he does. At least not, maybe not in a finish for Poirier. Maybe by decision, but I don't know if he's going to finish him. I completely forgot Dan Hooker fought Yair Rodriguez. That yeah. fight just does not even. I don't. I had. I know that fight happened now, but I had no recollection of it until you just said that. It's the beauty of the lightweight division. Like so many of these people catch each other on their way up, and that was at featherweight when Dan Hooker was still cutting. Oh, God, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because then he lost because he lost to Jason Knight of Featherweight and then bumped up yeah. to lightweight and went on this tear and then got put through the ringer against Edson Barboza. But that's been his only loss lately. Has a win. Has has a KO win over Gilbert Burns, who's now fighting Usman for a championship. So <laughs> my goodness, yeah, how, how, much, how much weight up. do you really put in Hooker at Featherweight? I mean, I I I don't really put too much. I don't. I can't think of that as a, almost like another lifetime. I just think he's a it's like Anthony Smith. It's like Anthony Smith, Tiago Santos, and middleweight. Yeah. Like they're just completely different up. people. 
he's, yeah, he's or not. like Jessica I at, at bantamweight was probably a different fighter than at flyweight. My goodness, I forgot that fight happened. I'm excited now. I forgot that fight, but uh, I don't know who's gonna win. I favor Poirier. He's just, I think he has more paths to victory. But Hooker is a super tall, uh, long, rangy, lightweight whose camp, like, let's not forget, his camp is on fire with Volkanovski and Stylebender and that whole crew down there. But I think uh, something Casey said when we were previewing Blades and Volkov is I. When I'm thinking of this fight, I never really take into account that he's traveling literally from the opposite side of the world during a pandemic to be here for just two, three days. So uh, if you take into account tr- all that travel, I still I favor Poirier even more. But uh, Casey, are you in agreement? Yeah, Poirier is obviously the the smart pick. Um, but, you know, these are guys who hit hard and. Dan's tall, and I could see Dustin, you know, catching a knee, you know, or something like, you know, something like that. But I think, you know, like, like I like to say, you know, they fight ten times. I think Dustin wins a majority of the fights. But you know, but uh, no, it's but, but, the, but the, 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 the idea of saying does Hooker have a chance? Oh hell yeah, he's got a chance. So yeah, this is just a high level violent martial arts fight. Like oh, I'll no, watch yeah. it. Yeah. Spar. Like I always say, I don't care if there's no crowd. There is no crowd. I just want to watch this fight. <laughs> From Joseph Boza, Cynthia is now number two at women's flyweight. What do you do with Cynthia? We've talked about this a little bit before, but uh, Alex, who do you want to see Cynthia Calvillo fight next? Um, well, I think Chikagian makes the most sense right now. Um, and then probably the winner. Well, no, because you got to get JoJo in there, too. Okay, so JoJo versus Shevchenko obviously has to happen. Mm-hmm. Chikagian, Cavillo. And then maybe we give Cavillo whoever loses the Shevchenko-JoJo fight. And then that would be the number one contender. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a so if JoJo wins, beats Valentina, which I don't think she will, but if she does, you rematch. have to assume they're gonna rematch because mm-hmm. Valentina is their biggest star of that division. I think she would deserve a rematch. Uh, Cynthia has a win over JoJo at strawweight, so I think JoJo being champion definitely would benefit Cynthia. Uh, Roxanne and Lauren are matched up. Jennifer Maya has a fight coming up, so. Cynthia Catlin one two. I mean, I know we literally just had this big conversation about rankings don't matter, but if you're one two and the number one is calling out the number two, why not make that fight? Uh, but Sean, what are your thoughts on what to, what the issue should do with Cynthia Calvillo? I think Shakagian would be a good idea. Uh, had they not released Liz Carmouche, that would have been a perfect idea. I don't know why. I, I still don't know why she's gone. If they signed Vanessa Porto, that would be a good idea. Like they're. There are options for her all over the place, but as you said, if one wants to do it, do it. And and also, like I said, you're running into Caitlin Chikagian at some point in that division, no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. So that's a good point. Like if they're they're gonna fight eventually, why not fight now when they're both free? Uh, Jennifer Myers fighting Vivian Arujo. Uh, which would be uh, number five versus number eight. So there's another one right there if the UFC doesn't want Cynthia to possibly fall to Cat. Like, it's that similar thing where we talked about, uh, like, all of a sudden she's out of the running. Like, Callan got dominated by the champion. All of a sudden she beats number two again. Like, what do you go from there? So if they don't want to give her number one yet, maybe the winner of Maya and Arujo or the loser of Roxanne Modafari and Lauren Murphy, or maybe even the winner if people want to stay active. There's a lot of fun matchups at Women's Flyway. Casey, your thoughts? It's, it's, I always thought it was just really weird that Jessica I was ranked number two, <laughs> but she was. Yeah. I mean, so, so no, uh, she was ranked one. Well, well, she was ranked one. Well, yeah, with champion, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, she was the number one ranked 
flyweight last mm-hmm. week when she main yeah. evented. Yeah, yeah, yeah just, she was. It's it very was bizarre. Very. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, if, uh, yeah, if 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 um, Cynthia is drawing numbers and um, we're not, no one's putting butts in seats anymore. But you know, eyes on the <laughs> tube. Or whatever, but yeah, I mean Cynthia, one more fight. I don't, I don't like the Shkagan fight honestly, because um, like one of Shkagan wins, you know, I just don't, <laughs> you know, then you're in that situation again. So, um, uh, probably Shkagan fights are a lot better in theory than execution. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's a great fighter. Yeah. She's a great yes. fighter that I do not enjoy watching fight. Yeah, I, <laughs> I yeah. we also I I've been a big proponent of uh, Molly McCann is ranked 15, but she has a big fight coming up. I think she has like a six fight win, uh, like a, not a six fight win streak, long win streak. She is a have, if you ever get a chance to interview Molly Sean for anything, just <laughs> even if you want to just talk about life, I cannot. <laughs> she's one of the best interviews in the game. If you want to talk to her about how she beat up a sex trafficker trying to abduct a woman from a subway, wow, Molly McCann is your person. Uh, so I talked about this. We interviewed her on the on this show, and I saw more non MMA news sites right off of that interview, just based just on the crazy stories Molly has. That people in our comment sections, or even on Reddit or Twitter, were like, "I don't even like MMA, but I love Molly McCann now." So yeah. uh, I think Molly could could be a real big star in that division. You know, I want. Uh, what's up? You know, I want Cynthia to fight because I don't really believe that Just Guy was the number one ranked. I me, mean, even though <laughs> I didn't rank her, uh, that's not my ranking. I, th- I like Cynthia Cavillo versus Andrea Lee. Andrea Lee, who who I thought I think everyone thought beat Lauren Murphy whenever they fought a couple months ago. I think I think uh, I think Cynthia Cavillo, Andrea Lee. So at like some point, fight. someone you you have to fight one of the fighters has to fight someone behind them, you know. And I think uh, that's that's what uh, Callan, Callan did. She fought Antonia Shevchenko, who was like 14th, and Callan was like two. And she's like, I gotta fight someone. Might as well, they want me to fight her. Let's do it. I like it. So, that was a weird like matchup that. for me. I, I, I didn't know how many people were giving Antonina much of a chance there. Is Antonina the last name. Is, is Antonina UFC level? I don't. I honestly don't know. I haven't. I, I. I don't. I don't really know her previous fights, and I've, I actually the only fights I've really seen her are like that she's lost in the UFC from just grapplers. I mean, it's is she is she a good fighter? I just don't know. In, in that division, probably UFC quality, but that's not a high bar until you get like to 10, 5. And uh, that is UFC's own doing because they, they let people like Liz Carmouche go. Like yeah. they let her walk out the door. And as, as you mentioned, Vanessa Porto's right there. They could they could have her if they wanted her. They don't for whatever reason. So yeah. Vanessa Porto and, seems to be in that, that kind of uh, same area with the UFC like, like a Sarah Kaufman is. She's clearly... Yeah. A top fighter, does UFC just refuses to sign him? Don't know yep. why. But Antonita is a multiple-time gold medalist in uh, Muay Thai tournaments and various other promotions. Her only losses in her career are to Roxanne Modafferi and Callan Chukagian. So it's not like she's losing to people outside of the top five. Yeah. It's like uh, people like Felicia Spencer's not a good fighter. I'm like, who did she lose to? <laughs> no, no, I, I wasn't even saying Antonina was like not a good fighter. I just, I, sure. I just don't, I actually just don't know very much about her other than that she's Valentina's sister. It's like, yeah, she's, she seems she's to be basically almost, learning on, she's learning on the job. Yeah, like, she's like, just, she's, 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 she's who, uh, cutting Valentina's Shogun. You yeah. know, just like good, but not the same. <laughs> they can all be the Burns brothers. Yeah. But. <laughs> 
<laughs> we didn't get this question, but I want to ask you guys. Let's talk about the disrespect from the placing on the card of Roxanne Modafari versus Lauren Murphy. <laughs> the second... And now, now in, the, in our Between the Links show we did on Monday, we, were talk, we talked about this, and Aaron Bronsetter said, it doesn't matter where you're placed on the card. You know, it means the, U, the, the UFC put Roxy down there because they want people to tune in early. But I, t- I call total BS on that because for the virtual media day, if they were really trying to promote that fight, they wouldn't have brought him in. What, they're two top five flyweights, or top ten at least. Two, I think they're two top five flyweights. And they're fighting the second, the second fight on a fight night, and they didn't even bring him for media day. So I just think that's – I just don't like that. <laughs> and if you're just looking at it too, like, okay, so Courtney Casey and Robertson – are, are, are fighting after them and they're ranked way lower. Like, it doesn't logically make even any sense. So, 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 so sell this to me. So, tell me why, why they're so low on the card, guys. There's uh, no, like, we've talked about this before. Unless you, like, the placement of the card, we've watched, we've all watched a million fights in our career. We've all been like, that's a performance of the night bonus. That's a knockout of the night, submission of the night. I am on the the train where your placement on your card directly affects whether you get a bonus or not. Unless you are have a Polo Reyes, Dong Young Kim fight like at 199, and you just put on a fight for the ages on the first fight of the card, that there there are anomalies. But the UFC tends to give bonuses to people higher up in the card because more people watch them. So uh, that is, I don't. There's no reason. There's no reason that should be the second fight on the card. But again, we saw it was it uh, Perez and Formiga were like two top five men's flyweights, and they were on the buried on the prelims too. So I have absolutely no idea. But Sean, why do you think this is the second fight of the Gosh, night? I don't have an answer. I, I just know that every time Roxanne fights, I'm a little bit more amazed because it would have been real easy for her to just quit and retire after the Ultimate Fighter. Like, and I expected that to happen. I thought that she would. I mean, it was a rough streak. Like the, you could argue that she might not have been a fit on the Ultimate Fighter anyway, because of how she had performed before that. But she went and she put in the work and reinvigorated herself and became a really good fighter. So it's like almost like that isn't recognized. And I, I when I see the placement here, I'm like, okay, I get it. Guid is a familiar name. Tisha Torres is a little bit more of a familiar name. Jim Miller is too, and Roosevelt Roberts is coming up. But I'm not convinced that Bilal Muhammad versus Lyman Good will be a better fight in the cage than Modafferi and Lauren Murphy will be. And I'm not taking anything away from either one of those guys. They're both really good fighters, especially Bilal. But I, I think that Roxanne Modafferi and and Lauren should be higher up on the card. I just think that for some of those, UFC just draws them out of a hat. I think they're not they're they're wasting an opportunity because I don't know if what how what uh, Fightful's numbers looks like but I've said this before when Roxanne fought Macy Barber at UC 246 outside of Donald Cerrone and Conor McGregor Roxanne Modafari did the best numbers in terms of like post fight videos for us mm-hmm. and we all kind of accredited that to that she just ran through Macy Barber and Macy Barber seemed to be on the cusp of being a big deal in that division she got the run uh, she got the yeah. rub, as you say in the wrestling business. Uh, and they didn't so, capitalize on it all. You get the rub, and they no. put you on the fucking on a fight night on the second. What the jeez, man? <laughs> I don't under. I'm not going to try and make sense of this, but I agree. It is. I like how you brought up Tisha Torres and Brianna Van Buren. Tisha Torres is on that losing streak, but she's only lost to champions. Uh, former champions or Marina Rodriguez, who a lot of people think will be a, f- a future title challenger. Um, and Brianna Van Buren is 
so fun to watch. She won that Phoenix uh, series in Invicta, and like she's beating, she beat Kylan Curran. I love watching her fight. Uh, her fight against uh, was it Livia Souza? Was was that a short notice fight? Was like a replacement? I can't quite I think it was remember. Short notice for Brianna. You, I, that's what I'm saying. So like yeah. Liviana Henata uh, Souza did have this big interview with our own Guillermo Cruz where it's like a lot of like she talked about she's not like all other women. She's not promoting herself on social media. She just wants to go out there and just beat up yeah. people. And Brianna Van Buren just tore through her. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to see I want to see her fight Cynthia. Before yeah, that was the fight where Calvillo, I think, broke her toe or broke her foot or something and she couldn't show up. So, yeah, Buren stepped up. Exactly. So I was really excited for that. But yeah, no, there's no reason Roxanne should be and Lauren Murphy should be so low on the card. Yeah, I'm annoyed. We can organize a letter writing campaign. <laughs> I'm I'm all for it. Jackson rounds. Why hasn't listen, Jackson? I've said this a million times. Champion gets top villain. If you use a last name, you both use last name. So Costa Izzy should be Izzy versus Paolo or Adesanya versus Costa or better yet Stylebender versus the Eraser. I like that even better. But why has that not been announced? I assume it's money. Did you see Paolo Costa's tweets any of you guys yesterday? 15 million. Wait, wait, Paolo wait, wait. Catch like, me up on it. He's like I want 50. It was talking about the Ultimate Fighter which I am off if they want to bring the Ultimate Fighter back and I want to lock Stylebender and Paulo Costa in a, in a house together to coach, and then we get even more Captain Eric. We get Eugene and Captain Eric in the same tough house. Uh, just <laughs> two polar opposite personalities. I'm all for it. Uh, but Paulo was like, I want $15 million. I want a main event of pay-per-view, this and that. I think it was a lot of tongue-in-cheek, uh, but I would imagine it's uh, money, or they wanted to headline a pay-per-view, and the only I assume it had to be on Fight Island because Izzy's in Australia. Uh, the only pay-per-view on Fight Island right now is has three title fights already, so maybe they're waiting for that, maybe September. So that's just an assumption, though. Uh, but I don't I don't have a good reason for that. But instead of talking about why it's not booked, Sean, thoughts on Stylebender versus the Eraser? Well, I think Adesanya would win that fight, but uh, th- they're not getting half of Deontay Wilder money for it <laughs> that much, I tell you. Dana White won't let that happen. <laughs> Guys, we're in a pandemic. Wait, wait, wait. According to the tweet, it's not U.S. dollars. So it, okay. it, it equals out to about $3 million U.S. dollars if, if the people on the Twitter thread are correct. So He, he ain't going to give him one-tenth of Deontay Wilder. <laughs> we're in a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> he, like Dana White has to act like Rick from Pawn Stars every time somebody comes to the negotiating table. He's like, ah, I can do 20 bucks and some bubblicious. I got a business to run here. That's so funny. Uh, you you asked Dana anything about money? Two things. We're in a pandemic, and who doesn't want more money? <laughs> or or he just doesn't answer the question. He'll just start yeah. talking about, like, I was. I asked Dana, I'm like, what do you do next with Sean O'Malley? He goes, man, don't so many fighters just want to fight on ESPN right now, guys. Isn't it great how awesome <laughs> ESPN is? I'm just like, yeah, but what about O'Malley? And he goes, we're going to build a lot of stars with ESPN. I'm like, you yeah. didn't answer my question. My man. favorite thing that he does is when he's trying to, he goes, guys, this isn't new. This has happened before. I'm like, is that a, is that a defense? I don't, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't sound like it. One it's of not my coming favorite, off like you think. One of my favorite things is when he did, I think it was about a, it was like maybe last May, he did an interview with Megan Oliva and you can tell he had been fed like a question like, 
or she had been fed a question like the media really comes at you hard. And then boom, he just, he had him loaded, just <laughs> ready to go. These dummies in the media, I've got some headlines right here. I was like, Oh man, I try. I don't even try to make sense of anything that Dana, what anything that man says, yeah, uh, but, I'm not on his radar. Why, so I don't why, yell why are you guys trying to cancel too. fights? You, 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 Sorry. Oh yeah, Sean. Are you are, are you're aware that we, the MMA media, canceled all of the fights at the beginning of the year, right? That's that's the rumor. That's what I heard. <laughs> yeah, so I, you, like, I called Mickey oh, Mouse so and like, hey Mickey, <laughs> you know this Tachi place? Kill it. Oh that man. Was me. But uh, what was even the question? I oh, don't it was know. Uh, Izzy and Stop. <laughs> Cost I don't know. Thank you, Jackson Round. Hopefully, uh, that answered. Um, <laughs> do 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 with the uh, hookers overrated. JoJo lost to Cynthia. People just saying things. Uh, Fighters lose and get better all the time, guys. Yeah. That's the game. Uh, <laughs> life, my friend. Right. I just like I just like the spelling of this. What's next for Sean O'Malley? But he's ooh, ooh, let me oh. let me a contract dispute. There you go. And then a go. long period of inactivity as a result. <laughs> See, I have yeah. Sean's not wrong. Sean is not wrong on Sean. Uh, <laughs> we've seen this before, where uh, like Casey and I have talked about this when Israel Adesanya started asking about where the pay-per-view points went after he got thrust into a main event. He wasn't supposed to main event against Anderson Silva. It's just a matter of time before these up-and-coming Uber prospects start to figure out that this is a business and there's a lot of money left on the table that they could be making. Even John Jones himself said, don't let the UFC take advantage of your 20s. Get paid now. So as soon as Sean O'Malley was like, I just want to renegotiate my contract, I'm like, ah, it's begun. Yeah. So it begins. Uh, but if in terms of who you would like to see him fight, Alex, any thoughts? Oh, you always jumping right, throw it right to me. I haven't <laughs> even. <laughs> can anyone hear me? Yeah. Oh, Sean. I said Sean. Who do you think Sean should? Oh, fight? Sean. Me. I was on Sean. <laughs> me. Oh gosh. Um. Wouldn't hate like Arnold Allen. Wouldn't hate if this is at featherweight, right? Uh, it was the I think New Island fight was that bantamweight, right? Yeah, was it's it? Yeah, 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 thirty-five. Yeah. Ah oh, man. What about the Garbrandt fight? Is the Garb is it too soon? Or no. Do we, do we not do we not want to knock those guys out? Is it? I mean, yeah, it is at one thirty-five. Dana White already right? came out and said not yet, so I'm not even counting that. Uh, I want to see him fight Dotson or Song Yadong. I like Dotson uh, because yeah. uh, O'Malley was supposed to fight Cheeto Vera once. Song Yadong just beat Cheeto Vera, so if he wants to take that O'Malley ticket, then they're fourteen fifteen, and then O'Malley's. Dotson or 13-14. Dotson seems to be one of those guys that, like, they gave the they fed him to Nathaniel Wood uh, and Dotson beat him, but Dotson's one of those guys that if he's only lost to top five fighters, too. Mm-hmm. Like the Marlon Marais, uh, the Demetrius Johnsons, the John Linekers of the world, where if you beat him, it's a big deal. So I like I really like O'Malley Dotson, honestly. And, 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 seeing Dotson, D- and seeing actually Dotson in the small cage, where he would look kind of oh normal size a little bit. not even think about that yeah so like so the so the the, the action is gonna there's gonna be increased action and just just the comical height difference let's just let's just have fun of that if if they wanted to give him somebody not ranked rob fonts there too i mean i know he's not having i mean he had a great fight against ricky simone in i think rob fonts sitting at 11 is he at 11 yeah he's at 11 right now oh my god 
Well, I mean, hey, Cody Stamen at 10-11. I wanted that Cody Stamen font fight because they were they they have been linked together that, for so fight, long. Yeah, that's a fight. To but make. unfortunately, Stamen uh, is probably dealing still with the fallout of the death of his brother right now, so he's not even thinking of a fight. Uh, he himself said when someone was like, "Who do you want to fight next?" He goes, "Man, I got to go to a funeral first. And I was like, "Oh man, that yeah. is the saddest." That is just the saddest. So Jimmy Varys in there, the Sun South's coming off that loss. So he's probably not going to fight anytime soon. So I think the answer is Dotson or Song for O'Malley. Those are the two fights that would make sense for me. And a new contract. And there you have it. After oh, a new contract. Make me actually look at the UFC rankings. Uh, Welcome to 2020. Rank apparently. Uh, from Fight Owl. Do you guys think Maslow priced himself out? Perhaps the UFC will make an example out of him. So I <laughs> like the phrasing of priced himself out because Colby Covington said this would happen. Uh, he did an interview with our own Damon Martin months ago, and he goes, Maz- Corey is going to price himself out, and that fight's not going to happen. And then I went to interview Usman at the Dominance Media Day, and I go, Colby says Maslow is going to price himself out, and this fight won't happen. And Usman's like, oh, this fight's going to happen. And then guess what? The fight's not happening. Yeah. So Colby Covington, the oracle, knew his former training partner would quote price himself out uh i he's already asking for a lot of money or, or what he's worth i should say uh not a lot uh dana white will the ufc make an example out of him I already did by, they already did they they skipped over the title fight so <laughs> they already did there's your answer there's a weird like seven person waiting game that goes around at all times it's like either diaz brother conor mcgregor masvidal habib and then Usman is the guy that's just kind of stuck there saying, which one of these guys is going to show up and fight at 170 anytime soon? Because I got to fight one of them. And then it's Gilbert Burns. <laughs> and then Leon Edwards just happens to be the eighth fighter waiting in the seven man line who sh- very well should have been fighting for the title over Gilbert Burns. Uh, but he's said, I don't think he, he would have been ready, especially with the travel ban in London and all that stuff. I just don't see Masvidal like it. I just don't see him backing down from this. If I, if, if he's the kind of guy that I know that I think that he is, I, I think he might be done. Like, I don't know. Done? He doesn't seem to be somebody that wants, he wants to dictate his own terms and he doesn't seem like he's going to let anybody push him around. He's, he's yeah. Like, like, like the, like the Diaz brothers that take like two year layoffs if they're not getting what they want. More power. Yeah. It's not like when they come back, people go, Hey, who's Nate Diaz? They take two years yeah. off. They take two years off and they're still like, you know, there's still big stars, so I think good for Masvidal. I don't think he priced himself out. I think he just yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I just I don't even like that term. Do do do. All right. Uh, I know um, we're going a little time, but yeah. Um, so no, oh, someone asked real quick. Um, no fires. Let's do rapid fire. I'm just gonna throw questions out there. Here we go. This is a lot of yes no questions. Which fighter tested positive for COVID this weekend? I don't think uh, a fighter did. I think Matt Favola's coach did or was in contact with someone who did. Billy, right? Billy Q. Billy mm-hmm. Quarantillo, who fought uh, – who who did he beat? That crazy man with the, with the orange beard. That's his name. On, like, the, on the first – yeah, crazy man with the orange beard. Uh, I, he tested positive. He had contact with Matt Favola, so they pulled Matt Favola out just to be, just to be safe. Yeah. Other than that, uh, unless um – Tomorrow. Lyman did test positive way like like a month or so ago. Lyman good. Yeah. Who comes back to fight first? Nate Diaz, Masvidal, Jones, or Cejudo? We've had this question uh, a few times. Uh, so, Sean, since you're new to the show, who comes? Who fights first? Ooh. If you want to um, put those in order, who you think fights first to to never? 
<laughs> first to never. Um, I'm going to say Jones, Jones, Masvidal, Cejudo, and Nate Diaz. You put the retired fighter before Nate Diaz. That oh, is, without a doubt. Yeah. Henry Cejudo got his one taste of pro wrestling, and he was in there with a bunch of a bunch of UFC legends and didn't get mentioned like at all. So I, I don't think it's going to be as fruitful uh, outside of the UFC as he thinks. Where do, where do you think Cejudo you, comes back? He comes back. Does the UFC do, do the 45 thing, or does he just come back straight whoever has the belt at 35? What do you think? What do you think, Sean? Uh, I don't think that he's interested in fighting anybody that's a champion or deserves an actual title shot anymore. So uh, he didn't want to fight Benavidez. He didn't want to fight Sterling. He didn't want to fight Jan. He didn't want to fight like anybody like that. He wanted to fight Aldo and Dominic Cruz, and I think he was going to try to find Sean Shirk somewhere and fight him. Like anybody who was well removed from, from that picture, he was interested in fighting. So I would be surprised if he fought anybody off of a win he's probably going to try to fight aldo even if aldo loses he'll come back and try to fight him so who do bj pin there you go that <laughs> wouldn't shock me either that nothing would, yeah. would surprise me at this point uh alex in all, in you all want, caps you want to rank those oh, oh sorry oh, alex oh i'm gonna let alex did alex hasn't answered this i've answered this a million times yeah. but <laughs> okay i'm gonna go jones Cejudo, Diaz, Masvidal, because I can't go back on what I just said. So, <laughs> I actually think Masvidal is going to fight first because he was the only he doesn't have a belt like Jones. Cejudo's retired, and Nate has already gone like years without fighting. So the the track record's there. So I put Masvidal fights first. Uh, but again, have, that's he not doesn't have a belt. What did I just order a replica version of at UFC.com? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apologize. Oh, he also has a B, he has a BMF belt. I guess one of one. So yeah. what does what BMF stand for? I have no idea. No idea. Uh, brunch Mondays through Friday. Nice. Uh, Jose Dominguez, in your opinion, wait, wait, do fighters this, deserve- this, is, this is an all caps, so please read it. In your opinion, do fighters <laughs> deserve more than 18% from Jose Dominguez in the comments? And he has four question marks. Uh, duh. Sean, <laughs> agreement? Duh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course they do. That's a pretty simple question for me. Yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna shock the world and say no. <laughs> yeah, no, eighteen percent. That's a little high. No, of course they deserve more. I don't like. I don't know how the breakdowns happen, but I know that the fighters deserve to be paid way more than what they're paying. At some point, it just kind of feels disgusting when you watch somebody's head slam against the canvas for five thousand dollars. So, yeah, it's, I feel real gross sometimes. Is there, is Casey, there, is there any way I could say no and try to justify this? Like, oh. no, because when I watch a UFC, I don't care who's in the cage punching each other. I just like the fact that the cage has eight sides. <laughs> oh. And one times eight equals eight, so you don't like the math right there? Math. Math. So 81%, that's what they deserve, to keep the math in check. John Jones' first loss will be to blank. Ooh, Casey, I'll start with you. Uh, well, you already lost to Dominic Reyes. I was just going to say. Oh. <laughs> um, but... John Jones' first loss will be to uh, – well, he already lost to Matt Hamill. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, first loss, man. Um, his first loss will be to Francis Ngannou. That's what I was going to say. Sean? Uh, I'm going to say Ngannou as well. Alex? If he fights Dominic Reyes again, then I think it will be Reyes. 
I'm going to agree with, oh man, I, I mean, it's Reyes or Engano. I think that's the answer. Uh, I think he has a big, I think he, I think he, I favored, I'd still favor John the rematch with Reyes, but I think fighting Engano is bad for your health. So I'm going to say Engano. <laughs> Spike Carlisle, that is the crazy man with the red hair and all the abs that Billy Quarantillo lost to. Is he the one that turned his back in the middle of the fight? Is that, is that a, he's a 55er, right? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. The I would imagine. Um, hey guys, we're over an hour. All right, so that is a wrap for <laughs> oh, this episode. Wait, 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 one more, one more, one more. <laughs> Who's next for Wiley? And what are the thoughts? What are and what are their chances against the champ? Who's next? Um, um Rose winner. Yeah, I guess. Right. Unless Tatiana just magically heals and they give her the title shot, which Ooh. I know Alex, I was just keep giving you a soft because I know Alex <laughs> wants to talk about Tatiana Suarez. I know I miss her so much. I hope I wish her a very speedy recovery. I just feel like Tatiana, like, she just always loses that momentum. She always she has to, you know, you can, yeah, just just come back against somebody. <laughs> who's the, who's next? I don't know. That's a good question. He's like Rose on Drudge winner. I mean, that's what I feel, I feel like. Yeah, it is. But I feel like she just destroyed Andrade. So, like, would you want to rematch that? You know what? Yeah, I, what? I would want to rematch that. I mean, it was overseas. And, you know, like, we've heard this lots of times from fighters. Like, or I mean, what do you think? Like, someone getting you know, knocked out in, what, I think she lost in, like, 30 seconds. Is that is like that, that a worse loss than losing a 15-minute decision? I just what, think, you know, What's it, up with... Sorry, what's up with Tatiana Suarez these days? Is she? Yeah, we we were just talking her neck. So after she beat Nina Ansaroff in Chicago of la- one year ago, mm-hmm. uh, she re- I, I'm sure you remember that fight. It was very yeah, uncharacteristically dominant. Like she was not as dominant as before. I know Alex doesn't like me calling her this, but a lot of people compared her to a female Habib, uh, yeah. with just her dominant wrestling. She didn't do any of that, and we asked her about that. And she hurt her neck so bad that she couldn't shoot for blast double takedowns. Ooh. Like it was so. And you can't mess around with your neck. Uh, yeah. So uh, she, I think she's trying to recover there. Because if not, I can't. I would imagine she would have already fought for the title right off of that win. Uh, so if she if she's not ready to go, uh, and Alex wants Alex Kaylee wants to let us know it's Whaley, not Wiley. So apologies. <laughs> uh, Nina's on the shelf because she's giving birth to her and Amanda Nina. Uh, Claudia is coming off that quote unquote win over Angela Hill. Carla Sparza has a fight coming up, doesn't she? And then mm-hmm. Yang Zhao Nang is sitting at 10. Marina Rodriguez is at 9. So, yeah, you're probably right, Casey. Winner of Rose versus Andrade. I think that's yeah. the fight. Let's talk about the bullshit ranking because everyone had Angela Hill beating Claudia. Yet, when they did the rankings, they still put Angela Hill behind Claudia, which is the stupidest thing if you thought the person won and the rankings are completely subjective what you think so why it's like nah everything sucks how many people <laughs> they have on that panel now like four yeah amanda rebos has a bit has a fight against Paige van zandt coming up too like that's another mm-hmm. big fight in that division i know Paige. it's the last fight of Paige's uh contract so if she's off to greener pastures that that's another loss and alexa gross is no longer fighting a straw weight i want to see her fight marina rodriguez because that fight is going to be be super violent but marina's not ready for that so yeah you're right casey andrade's rose winner simple all right is that a wrap last one more question question. make this a good one 
Who's the most flexible on the A side chat now? Uh, Sean, if you weren't aware, my old co host, Pizza Carroll, is the most flexible media member in all of sports. He can put his feet behind his head. Yes. Uh, he can. Uh, it's all. all all our listeners have heard the stories a million times, but in the middle of UC 246 Media Day, we were waiting in line to interview Anthony Pettis, and PT goes, decides that was the appropriate time to let me know that he could put his feet behind his head, and did it in the uh, the middle of maybe about a hundred reporters, uh, and we all were just on. He was on the ground going, "Look at this," and he just put his feet behind his head. So, in terms of who's the most flexible, I am the most inflexible. So I would assume it's Casey. For those of you, I used to be pretty flexible. I could like still occasionally when I go to the gym and there's somebody that's in there the first time I'll pull off like something stupid from rubber guard or a go-go plot or something. And that's about the extent of it these days. So I I don't think I'm up there with with this panel. (laughs) I got you. You're pretty flexible, right? I need, I I need a good stretch though. I'm not one of those. I just instantly out of bed flexible. Yeah. It's like, I'm an old man type flexible, but yeah. Alex, I used to be flexible, Mike Sean, but I started, you know, lifting weights and I wasn't focused on full mobility and I lost a lot of uh, range of motion. So, well, you're all three of you are more flexible than me. I'm the most inflexible. What do you bench, Savas? What do you bench? I actually don't bench because I've got a bad elbow from years of tennis. So, you actually have a tennis elbow. Wow. I actually have a tennis elbow. (laughs) You're you're that person. All right. But is that a wrap? That's is a that wrap. a wrap on the A side? So, Sean, I'll tell you the story with Brian Keller real quick. Uh, we have a fan who is a big fan, Jessica, as you saw, who is very much into crystals. And we've kind of adopted the crystal method, specifically uh, from Jared Cannonier's years of talking about crystals. Uh, Brian Keller is also into crystals. And Jessica gave us a crystal to give to Brian Keller before his fight at UFC 246. After he weighed in, uh, we gave him a tiger's eye crystal, which supposedly magnifies and increases a monetary wealth and like good fortune one hour later uh he gets bumped up to the main event of a conor mcgregor card and wins the post fight bonus so i'm not saying it wasn't the crystal but it was 100 percent the tiger's eye crystal so if you want if you're in the business for crystals jessica i know you're watching this send on some crystals i i mean i'm just saying like i was like okay what are they talking about crystals like <laughs> And I Googled it, and I don't know if the same second thing comes up for you guys as me, but it, it ain't wonderful. And, and Did you Google Crystal Crew? I just Googled crystals, just crystals. Like, okay, is that slang for something? I get the feeling you all aren't pushing crystal meth on this show. No. But I, I looked, and the second thing that came up on my Google under sea crystals is an amethyst polished crystal phallus. Uh, no, nope, definitely not what we were talking about. Yeah, I, I would hope not. That's what I was talking about. What are Don't you send oh, me yeah. those <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> do not send those to me. You, you know you as well like as I do. If you... 20 arc crystal bundle worth $16,000, I do welcome this gift. Well, you know as well as me, when you start telling our audiences not to send you something, they're going to send it to you. Wonderful. <laughs> well, Jessica, Crystal Crew right there, he says, boom. So if you get a bag of crystals in the mail... That's Jessica right there. Or she hits you up for crystals. But anyway, that is the end of this episode of this special Friday edition of the A-Side. I was so happy to finally have Sean on the show. And of course, Sean, as the guest of honor, the floor is yours to plug whatever you want to say. Uh, Thank you guys so much for having me. Fightful.com. We cover pro wrestling, MMA, and boxing. We specialize in pro wrestling. 
Uh, we've been breaking probably more news than any other wrestling website out there right now. We have a great podcast network. And if you want to support what we do, FightfulSelect.com is our premium service. Right now it's Patreon-based. It will be moving on-site very soon. But go over there to get some uh, reputable news in a wrestling business that isn't always so reputable. There's there's some wild stuff that's going on right now, but uh, we're doing our best to bring you all accurate news. So uh, give it a go. You, you guys have a, a big group of writers on your site, like freelance writers and stuff? Fairly. We, we had stepped away from freelance for a while, but we've actually been doing pretty well lately, and we have a few more joining. We actually had three new faces join our site this week. But uh, yeah, we're we're uh, we got a pretty expanded roster, so to speak, of full time people, and I'm trying to integrate more freelancers into that as well. But so for, on the podcast side, we have tons of freelancers. So for all of the people that always message me asking where can I go to learn writing and stuff like that, just ask Sean. He knows. Yeah, oh yeah, just that. Just ask me. That's, that's what I live Sean. to do. There you go. I'm sure you get those emails. All you probably get more than me uh, about what people want to write about professional wrestling. I, I get it a lot, but my my advice is just create content. Even if you don't yes. have an outlet, create an outlet. That way you have something. Do reviews, do columns, do live results, do podcasts, whether it be audio and video, do video editing. Step out and try to do some photography. The more versatile you are, the more likely you are to get hired. Because if you can excel or even be decent at a, a lot of things, you'll be trusted with those roles and have a lot more opportunities. Well said. That is a much better way of phrasing what I was trying to say. Uh, Alex, anything you want to say before we sign off? I know you hate doing these, but I gave you a chance to listen to Sean and prepare this time. If any of our listeners out there uh, work at a car dealership, I'm looking for a great deal. Southern California, hit me up. (laughs) That's the what use your use your platform for real life things. Casey, anything you want to add or you want to answer Alex's question? I, I'm not. I don't know shit about cars. I'm. A, I, I just like I, I turn the car on. If it doesn't start, I have to buy a new one. That's all I know. <laughs> there you go. Well, anyway, that's it for this episode of the A Side. I'm sure we're gonna have a preview show. I know Mike has a special guest. Do we know who that is yet? Casey? It will be Lionheart Anthony Smith. And there we'll- you go. So s- stick around. Supposedly he has a fight coming up. Maybe he'll talk about it. But uh, Anthony Smith and Mike Hacker can do an awesome preview show for UFC on ESPN 11. Uh, the entire crew will be back tomorrow for the fights. I'm sure we'll do a post-fight show via the same format that we've been doing, except I just won't be there on site. Uh, then, of course, stick around for all of our post-fight stuff and pre-fight stuff tomorrow, and it's next week. But for Jose, that's Alex, that's Casey. Thank you so much, Sean. I'm sure you'll be back on, and maybe even you'll get on Between the Links, uh, Mike Hex. Uh, around the horn type show and you can lose yeah. to me the undefeated Aww. champion so uh, undefeated on. and undisputed let's not forget that but we'll see you next Wednesday <laughs> you're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network